0: Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we talk everything we can about independent comics, the culture, the books, the writers, the artists, the creatives, anything that we can. We'll talk about it today, right now. And with me, as always, are Carrie. Hello. Darcy. Hello. And Richard. Howdy. We have a full house today. So, Welcome to our house party, where we're going to talk about comics. All right, so let's go ahead. We have a good episode today full of love and pom-poms. So we're going to start with uh, the DIY corner, which uh, we talk about uh, comics that are doing it for itself, themselves. So um, I have, I brought to the table, The Good, The Bad, and The Magical Girl. So uh it is a tribute to Sergio Leone westerns if you can tell by the uh by the title and it's also a magical girl comic so I kind of saw those two things and I'm like okay I'm sold I want this and it says it's for fans of Sailor Moon Pretty Cure which I've never heard of Pretty Cure have you guys heard of Pretty Cure no and then Full Metal Alchemist which is like my second favorite anime of all time uh Brotherhood not uh Not the original, but but uh, I really need to
1: watch Brotherhood,
0: (laughs) it's very good. Um, and then, um, and it says it, it ends up being an homage to Sergio Leone movies. The uh, the quick description to it is that it's it's in the magical and demi human encanto filled land of the far west. A magical girl and her sister search for a way to break their family's curse, and it's by. Um, Mar- Macario Reyes and Iva or Eva, IVA. So I'm guessing it's pronounced Iva. Uh, and the, it has some good rewards going along with it. It's on Zoop at this time, it uh, has a few more days to go. Um, it just beat its, uh, its goal. It's, uh, as of right now, when we're recording on a Monday, it's $64 over the, uh, the $1,200 goal. So it just got past it. It Has actually 23 days left, so about two weeks more to go. Um, there's some good incentives. There's, of course, you know, it's always great to have prints and stickers. And there's one thing I've been trying to click on, and I can't see it, but it's a carving, and that really intrigues me. And I and I was trying to click on the link, and I couldn't get it to work. But but um, I'm wondering what that is, and I'm I'm hoping it's like a wood carving of like the characters. That'd be pretty cool. So. Um what do y'all think? That sounds that? pretty
1: good. Yeah, that sounds really fun. I mean, I'm always here for anything anime inspired. <laughs> so yeah, like it's worth checking yeah, out. I'm
2: I'm not a big full metal alchemist person. I never was, but Sailor Moon, pretty cure. I'm here for magical girls. I can okay. do that. So that, that side of it I'm I'm full here for. So mm-hmm. It's got, it's yeah. got me on two thirds. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm with Sailor Moon and Full Metal Alchemist. And then also I'm of a huge like Spaghetti Western fan. So yeah, that, that's always a lot of fun.
1: I've so. somehow managed to never see a Spaghetti Western.
0: Oh, they're- Whoa, but, really?
1: Yes. I'm, oh, wow. I'm not from a big like movie watching household, but like they, you know, they're so penetrated in the culture that I get it. And it yeah. seems neat. <laughs> it definitely Super seems like easy something to get, I'd get, enjoy. Yeah. Right. But like oh, I've but, never, yeah. never sat down and watched one.
2: It's like all my dad likes is like different versions of Westerns. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: The so, funny thing is that all my friends, like all my contemporaries that grew up with it, they got it from their dad. I grew up with yeah. no dad. <laughs> so,
2: that, that, that might have something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go.
1: But yeah, like all my friends are like, yeah, me and my dad, we watch Fistful of Dollars every weekend. I'm like, no, I didn't have that
3: experience. <laughs> yeah,
2: that, my dad's not so much those. Like, he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll do those. He likes like the older, like Wells Fargo westerns, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: those he are He really just he really
2: then. he yeah he likes the really really old ones. He he likes he just likes a western. Anything that's very western, he likes a western. I don't know. Wait, I missed that. What what does your dad like, Darcy? The Wells Fargo westerns. Oh yeah.
4: Have now, you shown I'll- him the Gunsmoke channel on Pluto T- Pluto TV yes, yet? He yeah. loves it. Yeah. Once yeah. my dad learned how to use the Fire Stick and saw that he could on our Amazon account get old war and western movies that I would pay for, and um all the Gunsmoke and western channels on Pluto TV, he like became obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: There's there's a oh god what is there's a there's actually because you know like what is it like film film rise. Well, there's two of them that, like, have genre TV yes. channels. Mm-hmm. There's Film Rise, and then there's another one. And there's there's one just for Westerns. Yeah. He follows those, I think, you <laughs> know. Like, really one that's cool. basically, like, True Grit or something like that. I think there's oh, yeah. a, a John Wayne one, you know.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Don't call my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, and I, um, I, I didn't have... Much influence on yeah you know, I, I my, my you know on westerns when growing up it wasn't until I, I got married and and, and uh, was around Carrie's dad that mm-hmm. I really got into westerns I think my dad my dad really only liked the Magnificent Seven and um, the Outlaw Josie Wales so it's like the only two westerns that he liked.
4: Well, I feel like especially like Californian Latinos, we yeah. have a strong cultural bond with the early like mexicans from you know obviously this area so we all Mm. like in our dna we all think we're cowboys at some point (laughs) so we all like identify as a cowboy
2: that's kind of texans you know we've got our rodeos we've got our you know remember the alamo bullshit everybody kind of thinks (laughs) at some point in their life they're gonna need to you know everybody's got their cowboy boots Mm -hmm. i've got a pair for some reason
4: oh my god really i love that oh yeah
2: they're 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 maroon they're gorgeous i stole them for
4: my mom good for you (laughs) They sound wonderful
1: it's it's adorable that uh all 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 the uh the, the mexicans here that are from actual old mexico are like yes it's weird that how we're into mexican stuff it is right. <laughs> i mean it totally is yeah it, yeah, like, it totally yes. is. it's stuff about exactly where you're from you should be into it mm-hmm. <laughs> If there's movies about smuggling cocaine, I'm from Miami. I'm like, hey, <laughs> this kind of speaks to me. That's I know I have... people that have done that.
0: I, I partially live in Orange County. That's why I like movies about ennui and, and being yeah. dissatisfied about your life. That's there cool. you go. <laughs> funny <laughs> okay <laughs> all right well it, we'll have the link in the in the notes and we'll also probably have it on the website as well uh, if you guys are interested in checking out this book uh, so we'll go ahead and go to the spotlights i want richard to start because this is a book that i actually had interest in when i saw it come up earlier a few about a month ago i think or a few weeks ago maybe so there okay. oh
1: yeah i'll go ahead and get the ball rolling um so my spotlight today is on uh, Animal Castle, which is uh, by Xavier Jordanson and uh, Felix Delip. It's uh, by uh, Ablaze, uh, actually a publisher that I'm not really familiar with. Funny thing is that this was not a book I really had. I, it wasn't on my radar at all. It literally, when issue one came out, everyone at the comic book shop was picking it up and, you know. Allow me to be a sheep, you know, (laughs) with this metaphor. (laughs) And I just got swept up in it. It's really, really good. Basically, it's an animal uh, farm, you know, retelling allegory type of thing. Um, I've never read Animal Farm, always wanted to. But uh, this starts out very intense, basically. um, So there were human beings in this world, and they built a giant castle. And basically, the humans fled one day. And so now the animals have the run of the castle. It's a hierarchy where the dogs seem to be at the top, and everyone else is at the bottle, bottom. Bottom toiling. We uh, literally start with uh, an execution where a hen is being uh, is tied to a stake and is promptly executed for keeping one of her own eggs, because <laughs> you know. I believe animal farm is like, you know, a communism allegory. So everything is supposed to go to the state to be distributed. And the idea that she kept her own egg got her mauled by a bunch of dogs. Oh God. But basically the uh, protagonist of the book is uh, Miss B who is a cat, a female cat, which uh, her male cat died. And I guess typically how they built their society, a woman cat stays home, takes care of the kids. The male cat works but since her male cat is dead, she's doing all the work and just trying to get enough, uh, their currency is buttons. So enough buttons oh to, get to secure rations. And basically she's doing uh, like the laboring work. Like she's, a. Uh, they're building a building to host the, the lead, the, the president, President Silvio is the lead dog. And he is building a home for his concubine. <laughs> So she's hauling stones for that and it's not going well because that's the job of a mule and she's a small cat.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so basically you're just in this first issue, you're seeing the seeds sown for revolution. Um, the dogs have said that this week's uh, rations would have to be cut in half because it's needed for the uh, the inner circle of the president because they had to fight off a wolf attack. But since everyone's in the castle, No, no one could even verify this wolf attack exists. And basically a small mini revolt happens and all the sheep, the hens, the rabbits, the cats, the dogs, the ducks that, you know, partake in the revolution are promptly massacred. And -hmm. that's basically end scene on the first issue. Like it really pulls me in, pulled me in. I think they're up to issue three now. Mm-hmm. um so i'm just really excited to see where it goes actually it makes me want to read animal farm just so i could compare and contrast
0: awesome yeah this seems very allegory heavy just like it just like animal farm so yeah it, like it and the cool. art is
1: fantastic it's um it it's like a step uh, like it's less cute disney art because the animals are really cute but it's a little bit uglier just to you know, like match the theme of it. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're very cartoonish, you know, big old wide eyes, Disney fight animals, but like everything just has a, a, a sheen of grime on top of it. Yeah. Basically. I
0: like it.
4: This looks um, really good, but also very uh, hard to read. I mean, only because it's, uh, you know, I don't like I, the, the image that came up on Google Images when we were looking it up is the scene where everything just got mauled and yes. Mrs. B is like looking upon all of the dead animals and that's kind of graphic I mean it looks yeah. like a very sad moment
1: yeah that's like the climax of the issue but yeah it, it
4: pulls no par-
1: punches it seems yeah. pretty
0: harsh <laughs> yeah
4: it is really cool artwork though
0: this actually looks a lot like um a good companion read to um the book that came out uh last year called Stray Dogs
1: oh Um, yes yes yes
0: yeah which which also has a very cartoony art style like very like Ralph Bakshi like like you know Disney kind of cartoon style that's what I was gonna
1: say Stray Dogs is almost like a one-to-one like those are damn near Disney Mm -hmm. you know unofficial Disney characters
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's about a serial killer who who collects dogs as trophies as the as he kills Jesus. women? Jesus. So
4: and are they real dogs? Like, I mean, yeah. not real, but I mean like alive. Yeah. Oh my god, he doesn't kill the dogs. No, well, I mean, also murdering he kills the dogs <laughs> the, too. There's a couple,
0: yeah, that don't make it through the through, through the first series. <laughs> um, but you know, it's uh, but no, but that's a good series. That's a book that will never ever, as you can see by Carrie's reaction right now. I'm not going to suggest it for the episode for any episodes, but but yeah, no, Animal Castle and, and Straight Dogs both sound, you know, like they would be good companions together with that kind of cartoony feel, but yet very serious and, and kind of grim storytelling. Awesome. And very poignant, necessary storytelling nowadays too. <laughs>
1: oh, all jokes aside, when I was reading this and I read it post uh, Ukrainian invasion, I was just like, oh, yeah. this is a little on the nose. This is a little way <laughs> too on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm
0: it's exactly
2: it's been a long time since i've read animal farm like a long 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 time how close is it do you know did they say in the like was there back matter or anything
1: no no there was any back matter but like uh, just me without ever reading Animal Farm, as soon as I cracked the, the cover, uh, you know, the first book, like, I was just like, okay, I see exactly what you're doing here. It's very, like, I, I don't know how beat by beat it is, but definitely mm. it's in that same vein. Yeah. I,
2: I yeah.
0: don't see any pigs named Napoleon or Snowball. So maybe. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing.
1: There was, no, there was not a, a, a pig. Uh, the, I, like, again, I'm a, at least aware of that. So there was no Napoleon yet. And I was just like, all right, we don't have that. But everything else was pretty much beat by beat. Exactly.
2: Cool. Uh... Yeah, I kind of cheated that when I was in high school. I <laughs> was one of those I, I like read overnight and then kind of like fluffed my way through the paper I had to write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that might be a fun read. Too. There were a couple of those that I, I'd somehow you know, those papers you wrote that you somehow got an A on that you mm-hmm. didn't really work very hard for. In <laughs> That's school. called
4: college for me. Yeah, I, yeah d-
2: I did that a couple of times in college. Um, but I, yeah, that might be worth reading just to actually, I did not focus on that book at all. I know I read it because I always read the books I was supposed to read, but I did not pay enough attention to that book. But I, I did don't... feel
1: not bad, but like I, I also in reading this, I was just like, oh, after I finished it, I was like, oh, yeah, we could do a full episode on this. I was just like, this didn't oh, need cool. to be a spotlight. Like, it definitely yeah. seems like, I mean, again, only one issue, but it definitely seems like it'd be worthy for, you know, a nice deep dive.
4: Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I did like the fact that it made you want to read Animal Farm, not because I'm a particular fan of that. Per- I know that particular book. But Mm. I love when things can influence your thought processes to like want to read something that maybe you didn't think about reading before, because I think literature and comics can do that for each other. So I think that's Mm. really awesome that that happened because maybe somebody will read Animal Farm and be like, hey, you know, I heard this amazingly awesome independent comic books podcast and they (laughs) talked about a (laughs) book like Animal Farm. So I should probably read that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So in like 10th grade, I think, my English teacher actually asked me if I was okay because I read like Animal Farm, 1984, like Brave New World, um, what's it called? Catcher in the Rye and, um, and Lord of the Flies, like all in a row as my readings. And they're like, you're choosing some very, very interesting books, <laughs> <ones, laughs> Mr. Stafford.
4: So my 10th grade English teacher um, was a first year teacher when I was in 10th grade. And when I saw him again, when I was in my early 20s, he actually asked me out. Oh, wow. And I was like, this is disgusting because you are my oh, high school English teacher. Yeah. yeah. Ran into him at a um, Trader Joe's locally. Did he and know who you he, were? He remembered exactly who I was. He said I was one of his favorite students. And he asked me for Gross. my phone number and for my email. And that he'd love to take me out for dinner. And
0: Gross. it was all going
4: to be very professional. And I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. That's Gross. great. No, thank you. Yes. Yeah, moving on <laughs> oh, like,
1: like I it, it, that checked every creepy box yeah. that yeah. i have no notes like i have no yeah. notes i'm like sir sir you mastered creepiness yeah. hey i knew you as a child and i was in a position of power yeah. but i haven't been thinking about this this whole time want to go get bigger it's going to be super respectful like what the
0: fuck yeah let's drink S-rank creepiness. Right, right. Platinum <laughs> and, and, trophy, uh, s yeah. ray <laughs>
4: And it's like, it's one of those things like where I'm a person that has uh, like a lot of like low self-esteem or whatever. So when it happened, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then like, I grew up a little and I was like, oh my God, that's disgusting. You know, yeah. like in the moment, I was like flattered. But afterwards I'm like, no, that's horrific. And what was he thinking about me when I was 16? Right. Yeah. You know, anyway. I
1: often wonder what, if like, you I'm not in the room, but what happens, like, I remember being in high school, and it would it be like a thing, like, seniors would graduate, be in college, but then, like, some seniors would hang out the school, hang out, like, outside the school, after mm-hmm. school, and, like, you know, talk to, you know, they would uh, pick up the girls that, you know, that they're in high yeah. school, because they're mature college guys with the uh, cars now, and I always wondered, like, I thought that that was weird in the moment, like, I was just yeah. like, yeah, when I leave here, I'm not coming back, and I never... I think I went to my college, my high school once for, you know, like, paperwork reasons.
3: <laughs> I, I had
1: no interest in ever, like, going back and hanging out and picking up people. But I was just like, the young lady said that would happen. So I was just like, you know, years down the road when they're more mature, do you, like, have that, like, realization? Hey, that was fucked up. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. I think you do. I think it's very, um, I think uh, women um, or people who identify as female I think we are um like and I think it probably happens to men too it just feels more like like aware I'm more aware of it for being like a woman but like I feel that society trains us and instills this concept of like oh any male attention is good male attention you shouldn't say no you should be polite you should be respectful at all times. Like all this bullshit, right? That we're trying to break now as a society. So I think when you're like 14, 15 and you have somebody who's like 19 flirting with you. 21. Or 21. It's no, very absolutely. like, it's very flattering because you're like, oh, it's, this older it's very guy. Flattering,
1: I assume very self-affirming too. That's oh, like, oh, I'm doing something mm-hmm. right that exactly. this person that should have mm-hmm. no interest in me does have interest in me.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's funny. Cause I think about it now as an adult, like I'll tell Brian some of the stuff that happened to me, like when I was 15, 16 and he was like, wow, you, you technically should be a statistic because you should have been like kid. Like I had somebody like literally try to put me in their car when I was 15. I oh had somebody God. try to do that when I was first attending college, when I was 18, like did the whole, like come to my van, come see this like puppy dog I have. And I'm like, No, I'm working because I was working at the school I was going to. I'm like, no, I can't go. I'm really sorry. But again, you're you're constantly being told to like politely reject them. You know, and it's just like if I ever have a daughter, I'm gonna be like, I'm gifting you a can of bear spray every year for your birthday until you're (laughs) 30. And I want you to kick everybody in the groin. It doesn't matter who they are, just kick everybody in the groin and run. (laughs) Like society's horrible. Yeah. It's gross. Anyways, off my soapbox. Continue, please.
0: Delma <laughs> Castle does sound good.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sorry, I go on tangent. That's no, fine. it's fine. So like, it's a it
1: is important conversation. I'm glad we're having it.
4: Yes. Yeah, thank you. thank
1: you. If it helps someone that's listening, then we've done our job.
4: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Definitely. All right, Darcy, how about you go next?
2: Okay. Um I have Hotel Dare by uh, Terry Bloss and Claudia uh, Aguilera. Um, it is a story. It's kind of Narnia-esque, I think, uh, would be a way to put it. Uh, you've got three siblings, Charlotte and Darwin and Olive, who go to spend the summer at uh, their grandma's house. Not a house. Well, I answer her house. She lives in it, but it's a hotel which is where you get the title from. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this creepy hotel um, where they kind of like are supposed to work. Um, and uh, it, like they run into all of these like supernatural things. Cause like the doors, like you go through a door and it's a portal to like these mystery, magical things <laughs> where there's like space pirates or whatever. And, um, Yeah, it's really fun, um, really interesting. Uh, There's all kinds of different, like, it's a younger reader book. I wouldn't say, like, little, little kids, maybe, like, 11-, 12-year-old kind of kids. Uh, So you've got, like, it's fun, it's interesting, it's entertaining, it's mysterious. It's got some, like, tension in there occasionally, but it's also, like, the kids are adopted um, so you've got like family kind of issues in there. It's, it's fun. I liked it a lot. Uh, the art's fantastic. The coloring is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's very vibrant. So I, I really heavily recommend
4: it. This looks really awesome. I love this.
2: It's great. I mean, it's
4: just a fun
0: kid's book. I'm digging the character's hair.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh, in
0: fact, <laughs> one, of, one of the characters looks like one of our nephews when he was younger. <laughs> yeah, he totally. Does
2: very so. possibly darwin the, yeah. the uh, <laughs> charlotte maybe charlotte's got the hair darwin's kind of the bigger one yeah the the tall tall one
0: i think darwin uh the the, the big guy looks like yeah one of nephews
2: and um. and olive's the small one she's just olive uh, always carries around like a tool belt she's got <laughs> like this compulsive need to like fix things and make things better nice it's cute <clears throat>
3: That's she's awesome.
2: she's adopted charlotte uh, charlotte and darwin are i think um biologically uh, biological siblings and their parents adopted olive
1: mm, it does look fun one thing i like about this book i love whenever uh, a book has an old person that doesn't look decrepit because i feel like yes. up until maybe 10 years or 15 years ago If you had any person that was, like, over 60, they had to look like Aunt May, like that Yeah. the the slightest (laughs) gust of wind was going to assassinate them. That's how they were depicted in comics. And, like, no, (laughs) that's not what all elderly people are. (laughs) Some people, you know, they have gray hair, but they're very spry and active. So anytime I see that, it just kind of warms my heart. That's like, look, look, uh, uh, uh. A good depiction of an elderly person. I appreciate
0: it. <laughs> yeah, I think Aunt May was the first thing that came to my head when you he said that as well. That's so funny. Like she was supposed to be in a But yeah, nowadays, I mean it's funny too, because I'm like um I'm totally forgetting her name. But the person who played Aunt May in the uh, the MCU movies, you know oh, Marissa, Tome? Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei is the antithesis of that. You know, <laughs> right. like you know, so so it's kind of cool, like that's where we're at now, you know.
1: Definitely. Even when Sally Fields played her, it felt like they yes. aged her up. like yeah, you know what I'm saying absolutely. like they 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 gave her like they tried to make her look more matronly, I guess mm-hmm. that she did in
0: other things. No she did definitely. And like the only way that they made Marissa Tomei look a little older was she sometimes had grandma glasses, and that was about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> but
2: they weren't even really grandma grandma glasses because that yeah. was coming back in style at that's that true, point. That's
0: true
3: very true.
2: Wow. So I mean they were grandma glasses but they were stylish grandma glasses. Right. <laughs>
3: That's
0: cute. <laughs> All right. This does, a, does definitely look very cool. I'm getting like lock and key vibes from this as well, which it makes you very happy. You know, like just by looking at the kind of the the weird house that has magic imbued in, inside it, you know, that kind of gives you those kind of vibes. So That's awesome. Plus I was saying to to Darcy earlier um, before we start recording, that like uh, Terry Bloss, who's the writer here, is actually also a very good artist. And we had bought a, a print from him from a Dia de los Muertos print a couple months ago. So, very cool artist, very cool writer. So, very cool. Someone to support. Yeah, it's,
2: it's got great style all around. So, writing art probably yeah. has some influence there. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, great. I do like,
0: Kozen. Um Radio Apocalypse Number One and Two by Ron V. Anand RK, Anisha Shekhar, and Adina Bidikar from Vault Comics. The first issue came out a while ago. Um, it came out like in November and the second issue just came out last week. The third issue is actually not out till May. So you have a few months to catch up to the first two issues. Um, but then after that, it sounds like it goes back to a, a regular release time. Just the first three issues kind of are, are taking like two or three months in between. But so Radio Apocalypse is almost exactly what it sounds like. It's, uh, it's about the last radio station at the end the of the world. Uh, in fact, essentially a meteorite full of disease um, crashed into the earth many years ago and caused an epidemic and plague that basically destroyed society slash um, created these things called Xenos which are like they're basically they look like like wolves or like kind of big cat, like predator cats, but they're like pinky flesh colored as well. I mean, they're really creepy looking. And the, um, essentially the xenos don't go out at, in the daytime. So it's essentially about the, this radio station in this town called Bakerstown, which is like a fortified village of like 90 people um, trying to survive. And the first issue kind of focuses on um, two, two stragglers are trying to get to the town in time before it gets dark, one's already been injured for some unknown reason, ends up having to be left behind. Um, but then the other person gets there and unfortunately is not able to kind of go back and, and, and help, help out her, her, uh, her partner. But um, so it kind of has a lot of melancholia to it, but it's it's wrong, V, so it's it's written very well. Um, he really captures characters all the time, like like he 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 finds a good way to explain characters without overly explaining them, and like you you become very very familiar real fast with these people. Like they're not, they're not just like like, you know, like, persona type, you know, like, like people like, you know, they're not like uh, stereotype typical people, but at the same time, you feel like you've known them for a while. Like you can find someone that you can relate to that reminds you of these, these characters. Um, Adida or um, the Anand RK worked previously with um, with V last year for Blue and Green which was a a jazz themed comic that they did together that I think I talked about as a spotlight one time um yeah and um, this one seems like according to the notes on the back it might have been written in kind of the same way where they were listening to music and kind of just like coming up with ideas while listening to stuff and instead of having like you know, like soundtracks at the back at the back of the book, or having um, like you know like like currently listening to this during a panel, they'll actually put an album cover or a name of a song or something that um, that basically in, you find out in the back matter that like that that's what they were listening to when they created this portion of the book. So then, or this is what you're supposed to be listening to while you're reading this portion of the book. So you get. You get kind of a nonchalant soundtrack while you're listening while you're reading this. It's not kind of hit over the head, or it's not something that you kind of have to you read through it and then find find it in the back and then kind of go back and try to figure out what song goes where, you know. So it's kind of a it's kind of a cool integration, you know. It doesn't kind of ruin the uh, the, the pacing of the book. Uh, second book focuses on completely a different character. The two characters from the first book are not even in the second volu- volume. Volume mm-hmm. there's a character from the first book. In the second the second issue, and that continues their story. But the two characters were it felt like they were going to be the main characters of the story are not even in the second issue. So he's building a world. So that's pretty cool, you know. And the, the art's great, um, has a very kind of like post apocalyptic punk kind of Brit pop feel to it. Coloring is great, uh, lots of purples and reds. Um, so, you know, it, it's definitely a recommended one. It's um, gross to look at. <laughs> it has some
4: it has some gross stuff in it. Yeah, no, it's gross.
0: But I mean that <laughs> with like
4: the utmost yeah. respect because I actually love the coloring. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it looks like it smells. Yeah, bad.
0: Uh-huh. It's, everything is dirty it's, in this book.
4: And it, like, uh, and I, I'm, I, I, there's these pink things. Those are the
0: Zenos. Yeah. Yeah, they're fucking nasty. Yeah, it looks
4: really good. I mean, I started reading it while you were talking about it, but like, um, it's just it's gross looking. (laughs) Facial expressions are really good.
2: It's Ramvee, so you know, you go in thinking quality.
4: So yeah, it looks amazing. It just looks like not gross. Yeah, yeah.
0: You have a few. You have a few. uh, A few issues. Like, there's like actually, this is one of the characters that is introduced in the second one. Mm-hmm. that's a very kind of oh cool, that's cool yeah like, yeah post-apocalyptic kind of motorcycle thing going on you know yeah, i see I, that yeah that's so cool. yeah it's it, it has it has kind of like a gorillas style like artwork like oh that's Day. an interesting mm-hmm. Jamie way it yeah you know kind mm-hmm. of style you know and but at the same time it's definitely its own thing so yeah recommend i hope you all enjoy it, it cool. i think it's a five issues miniseries we're at two like i said you have to make to to catch up on those first two issues so you know, uh, no, no mm-hmm. rush. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, why don't we rush into our next segment here then, which is our main course. We where we all read "Cheer Up, Love and Pom Poms" by Crystal Fraser and Val Wise from Oni Press, and this was Darcy's choice. So I will give the microphone over to Darcy to talk about this book a little bit. Okay. Um, this
2: was. I think this is one of my, I take it through the full thing. This was a spotlight because it was upcoming. It was a spotlight because I'd read it and now it's a full uh, episode. So (laughs) I like to take my books all the way through our full system. (laughs) Exactly. If I, if I can't talk about them three times, what's the point? (laughs) Um, So uh, this has been on the list, uh, for a while now, obviously. I've been wanting to talk about it. It's been on the list uh since we started the season. It's something I've been prepared to do. But it's um unfortunately sadly appropriate, I guess, that we're doing it this week, considering uh what's going on in the world. <laughs> the world's really shit this week. Mm-hmm. Um not just I live war. in Texas, <laughs> not just the war, the war's yeah. bad. <laughs> I live in Texas and my governor's an asshole. Uh, My governor, Greg Abbott, fuck him, uh, signed a bill, not a bill. I'm sorry. He signed a proclamation because he does that. He's an asshole. He signed a PR release saying that he wants to set up something similar to the abortion bounty hunting bullshit uh, that Mandatory reporters, such as teachers and counselors and whatnot, uh, should um, report parents who are supportive of gender therapy for their trans children. So supportive parents should be that this would be basically child abuse that if parents are supporting their trans children in uh, any sort of medical fashion or any sort of fashion period basically, by the way this was laid out, uh, it would be considered basically child abuse. This isn't legislation. Uh, This was just a proclamation he made. So I, I think a lot of people took this to be law. That's not what this is, thank goodness. Um, and in a lot of cases, uh, legal voices have already started coming out saying they would not support this. And this is not something that they would, uh, if it came into their courthouse, they would not, you know, take this. So I I don't know that this is going to go anywhere, but just the fact that it's been spit out into the ether now means other people are going to take it up. Uh, conservative voices are going to take it up. So that's obviously very bad. This is sort of how the bathroom bills started. And those Mm -hmm. have been taken up and those have spread. And that sort of dialogue has spread to everywhere. So um, that's not why we're doing it this week. This is something we've meant to do for a while. It's something I've wanted to do for a while, but it's an important story to talk about. Uh, and so, Hey, context Mm -hmm. that that's it. Um, these stories are important. So love and pom-poms. So cheer up the story is essentially, it takes two paths. You've got two protagonists. Uh, you've got Annie who is a, uh, high school girl who is very, she's kind of like who I want to be when I grow up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She's uh, very, very smart. uh, So I don't have to work at that, obviously. I've I've already hit that. Uh, But very tough, (laughs) very selfish, (laughs) very Um, self-assured. I think you
0: made that statement means you are also very selfish. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, maybe I am Annie grown up. Yeah, I think you
0: are.
2: Um, But uh, she's very antisocial. So, I've got that one down too. (laughs)
3: Um,
2: And she's in trouble when we start the book. Um, She's in her counselor's office with her mom. And her counselor's like, Listen, she's the smartest kid in school. We know that. She's got all our tests down. We know that her grades are fine. That's not the problem. The problem is she's never going to get into college without clubs. She's got to have something else. College is social, the interviews, all of that. They're going to want to be assured that she can like speak to human beings. (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't know if (laughs) actually, you know, in our modern world, in 2022, our college is going to care. Who knows? But this was, I think, from 2019, different time, um, (laughs) Actually, I think it came out last year, twenty uh, twenty.
0: Anyway, moving time. on. Oh, 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 last year, yes. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, uh, was tw- I can't even remember tw- time. Twenty twenty one was last year.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's bad. Don't 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 dwell on it too much. Don't do don't, don't,
2: don't think about time. Don't think twenty twenty part
0: one was last year. Yeah, twenty twenty part two is now. <laughs> or, I'm sorry. Like well, it's 2020, part two. Was yeah, actually. yeah. I told you, don't
4: think about it. Stop, Just stop. Let's go, go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go, let's go. <laughs>
1: anyway,
2: so so the Annie,
1: longest year ever.
2: <laughs> ugh, it's been horrible. So Annie is being told by both her counselor and her mom, who is awesome, who also I want to be when I grow yes, up. Yes,
4: I love her. Mom. Um, her she's mom's great. fantastic.
2: <laughs> you have to do something, and her mom's like, "Why not?" be a cheerleader and she's like Ugh, cheerleaders mom's like no cheerleader was awesome she picks a picture off the counselor's wall she's like i was a cheerleader with the counselor when we were in high school and annie is betrayed because her mom was a cheerleader what <laughs> the heck uh so she's like whatever i'll go be a cheerleader she's not that happy about it. She runs off practically crying uh, and runs into Bebe, who's our second main character. And it's like, why do you have to be popular all of a sudden? Now my mom thinks everybody has to do it. Bebe is, um, uh, she's just recently transitioned. Um, she has to The rules her parents set her is she has to keep her grades above a C. I think it's not strictly stated, but she gets a text message from her mom that she got a C on something and that's not acceptable. So I think she's got to keep all of her grades B and above. Um, So the only way she's allowed to transition during high school is if her grades and everything are kept B and above.
4: And so and she's trying Can I just trying... step in
1: and say that was so fucked up? Like when I was
4: reading, yeah. I was just like, right. that gives me anxiety like hardcore. You, you know, I was
2: and, just like and <laughs> yeah. she's got this whole, you know, she wants to, she doesn't want to make anybody upset, not just her parents, but also everybody around her. So everybody is taking advantage of it.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, everybody will
2: come up, be like Can you hang up these posters can you do this for me can you do that for me and she's like yes 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 of course i will everybody prefers you when you're smiling when you look happy so she's got that attitude right now because she's not trying to uh create any sort of tension for anybody else so she's holding all of that tension inside of her basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's a bit of a problem that will come out later uh one of the things she's doing uh is she's on the cheer team so that's where annie annie and Bebe come together um they also used to be friends a couple of years ago but they've kind of fallen apart in high school annie comes to join the cheer team And she's good at gymnastics, but (laughs) Annie's (laughs) antisocial.
3: Apparently she
2: bit somebody at one point in time. (laughs) Trina got bit.
1: (laughs) So. I was going to ask Darcy, um, how many people have you
3: bitten? A
2: few, not too many. (laughs)
3: Listen,
2: I was terrible in elementary school. I wasn't great. (laughs) Uh, was not a good person we won't talk about it anymore it's okay um but yeah so she's they don't want to let her on at first but baby's like listen when you let me on you said this was about giving people second chances it's a place to come be a new person or whatever so you have to let her on too and they're like okay if we've got to and kind of behind her back You find out that they let Bebe on, invited her on, not just to be on the team in the first place. They also made her captain of the cheer team against her will uh, because it will probably get them press or attention because, you know, she's a quote unquote, oh, it's a trans cheerleader. Oh, it's a trans cheer captain. So they're doing a lot of performative, mm-hmm. like, support at this point in time. Um, time goes on. Uh, Annie and Bebe start spending a little bit more time together. Um, the cheer team opens up a little bit more. I'm trying to think of where there's a big... Annie gets a little bit better at cheering. She's still a little bit tense about some things. She's a Annie's a flyer, but she doesn't want to do any flips just yet. She's not quite there, so yeah. there, she's just being lifted right now. She's not I, being she's not flying. I don't blame her about that. <laughs> God, me either. Um, they go to an away game, and um, this woman, I, I, I maybe she's the cheer coach of the other team.
4: She was. Um,
2: yeah, uh, yeah oh, I, I wasn't. God. Just, Yeah, she yells at uh, one of the other girls, one of the other cheerleaders who happens to just be tall um, about not letting them use their locker room to change because you're a terrible cross-dresser, right? So she assumes just because she's tall that she's trans. um, And all the girls say really kind of, they're trying to be supportive I think they're really trying to be supportive but they do it in really awkward ways Mm -hmm. and they're young and they don't actually know but part of it is they're not talking to Bebe about what she wants and how how to help her and what's good what's good for her Mm -hmm. and it's in public so there's no way it's going to be comfortable everybody's watching it's all about her and she's not a really out in the open watching person
3: mm-hmm.
2: so it's all awkward and annie tries to defend her and make it better and she just kind of makes it worse almost because it pulls focus back on baby even harder um yeah it gets bad that's kind of like your breaking point because for the first time baby actually stands up for herself mm-hmm. and says kind of like None of you are listening to me and doing what I want in this situation. None of you are paying attention to what I want. And she kind of holds butt and leaves. Annie finally notices this and says, I'm so sorry. And Annie's like, no, or baby's like, no, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have yelled. And Annie's like, stop apologizing all of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to. And so Annie comes home, or Annie comes to baby's home. She sneaks in because baby's parents are really strict.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so she sneaks in and brings her cake, uh, strawberry shortcake, which looked really good, and you get a mm-hmm. recipe for in the back. <laughs> yep. um, and they hang out. Uh, they have a little strawberry shortcake pajama party, and it is possibly the cutest part of the book. It's one of my favorites, mm-hmm. uh, except for the fake prom homecoming
3: um
2: and I totally the first time I read it I 100% fell off the couch squealing because I was like (laughs) oh it's so cute it's
3: very cute
2: (laughs) it's super cute um they do the whole oh do you like me is it me you like kind of thing so they kiss for the first time it's very adorable um (laughs) And then the next morning, it's like, oh, do you like me because I'm me? Or do you like me because whatever? And you find out Annie's a lesbian. And so that's cool. Uh, and no, then she's been
0: attracted to uh, to be since uh, be stood up for her. You know, that was kind of cool, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, sorry.
2: <laughs> I think I totally forgot that part. Yeah.
0: I thought that was um, cool.
2: And then... Everything comes together a little bit better once everybody is yelled at everybody about everything. The communication gets better among the team. Annie starts doing flips. So, and Annie apologizes for biting that one curl. Yes. <laughs> so so, uh, so uh, that's uh, not. Nice. <laughs> they they go to the movies together like annie and baby haven't been being invited to like this movie night that all the other cheerleaders have <laughs> uh they've been uh uh alienating them very much mm-hmm. so so now they're invited everybody's good friends now there's a boy that's been creepy the whole book yes. <laughs>
3: that's been, that's been wait, creeping to,
1: get to him so there, there's
2: jonah who's been creeping on baby the whole book just been a skeevy asshole the whole book and he shows up at the movie theater being creepy one last time and the entire cheer squad uh beats his ass psychologically they don't actually beat his ass they should have i would have loved it but they don't (laughs) because it's not that kind of book it's not that kind of book but i would have enjoyed it for my own personal enjoyment um (laughs) and then they have to I think they go to a concert that's not really important important except for I think her dad shows up yeah baby's dad yeah baby's dad shows up being all like oh the world's a scary place you can't be out in the world and baby's like but my friends are here and he finally loosens up a little he finally is like I guess the world maybe is okay and so that's good
1: he's wrong but yes <laughs> <He should laughs> <listen up>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, just a little bit and then uh, Annie's flipping and they're trying to decide the cheer team every year decides to come together and elect somebody to be home like somebody to nominate this homecoming queen amongst themselves uh, and baby's like uh, not it
0: uh, and so they
2: decide to do Annie uh, as like a joke, um, and Annie and Bebe decide to go together for homecoming, um, and they do a dress montage kind of thing. Yes.
3: So cute! A full
2: montage—you don't get to see them pick yeah. out dresses. It, it could have been longer. If it was a okay. If it was a
0: e's movie, it would have been a montage.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I, I think I think there could have been more dress picking.
1: Okay. I would have
2: liked a, another page with that, but really quick. But, but
1: the dress that they get for her—they kind of nail it on like yeah. almost immediately, that dress is awesome for her. <laughs> also,
4: also best quote it's of the book- It's pretty much my prom dress. Season.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> um,
4: the quote is, that's a really cool prom dress, by the way. Um, the quote is, I like uh, I like t-shirts and big stomping boots because they make Pick me feel some. like a werewolf. <laughs> <Yes>. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm like, I absolutely adore that. I love that so much.
2: Absolutely. Um so flipping flipping Annie comes to Baby's house to pick up uh baby. Dad's like, get her home by midnight. She's like, you don't tell me, tell your daughter.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: they go to homecoming. Annie wins queen the asshole wins King and tries to be an asshole again. Jonah's like, I don't want to dance with you. You're gross. I'm going to dance with baby. Bebe. And baby's like, no. <laughs> uh, one of the uh, what's the cheerleader's name who comes out as non-binary Edie. Edie. Yeah. Yes. Edie's like, um, I wasn't sure. But, like, you gave me the, like, kind of you led the way kind of thing. Right, right, yeah.
1: She's like, I, I'm not trans, but also I know I'm not what everyone else is. And you kind of, exactly. your bravery has kind of given me uh, permission to express myself.
2: Exactly. Like, it's not something I would have done before, but, like, you led the way for this. And yeah. then Annie wins. Uh, and then Jonah wins prom- or Homecoming King uh, and is a giant asshole about it. And, that
1: scene um, is wild because I couldn't imagine like like he's so publicly and flagrantly so shitty to her.
2: Publicly an asshole.
1: <laughs> like I was just like, I, 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 all jokes aside, that that part almost took me out of the book because I was just like, I don't know if a high schooler in that position would be bold enough to be that shitty. Because he's so extremely shitty there.
2: You would have to be really, really confident. Right. In, <laughs> like in other in other people's willingness to just go along with shit but she hits him and it's fabulous yeah yeah and then uh annie and Bebe kiss or dance and kiss i think they dance and kiss mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then uh the end
1: oh no the book is fantastic mm-hmm. uh- <laughs> absolutely I was actually reading it during uh, like I I, like I'm reading it and I'm watching more coverage on the news so like I I I think it made me like as good as the book is I think I had extra feels because I'm sitting there and I'm like oh this is so wholesome that I look up at the TV and I'm like oh god and then Mm -hmm. I look back at the book and I'm like (laughs) oh
4: yeah this is I, I'm today is my ovulation day, just yes, so everybody knows. And um, I've been. Extra, I'm just off, yeah. I'm just I'm extra emotional today, <laughs> so I cried most of the book.
0: It was yeah.
4: Like, hey, you know what? I embarrassed Brian. That was.
0: I'm the one who usually does the embarrassing. So, so. Um, no, she I'll, stole your bit, Brian. Exactly. Get um No, um, I. I'll be, I mean, I, I have not obviously gone through what we goes through this in this book and so but from an outsider's point of view reading this book um I feel that this is the most authentic I've like story I've read about someone who's trans and kind of going through high school because Mm -hmm. not only do you have to deal with you know yourself and what your identification but you also have to deal with both the detractors as well as the people who want to be supportive but don't know how to be supportive and like Mm. are are not listening to what the person wants, you know. So it's it it, I found I found that you know because it wasn't just like black and white because like even the people who were supportive of her being being trans were also negatively affecting her. And I thought that was that
3: might be
1: my favorite part of the book. Like as far Mm. as it seeming so real is that there Mm were so many characters in the book who were really shitty while thinking that they were doing the right thing Mm -hmm. like you know people that are trying from her parents to the girls on the cheerleading squad that they think that they're being supportive and their intentions are to be supportive but they're doing it in the shittiest way possible
2: yeah yeah there were there were only two like i think that you could consider villain characters who like traditional type villain characters which would be jonah and the uh the uh uh, cheer coach from the other Mm -hmm. team and those are people that you would set up as like in some other kind of book as villains Mm -hmm. everybody else are her friends
1: and then even Jonah um as creepy and as awful as he is i could give him the benefit of doubt cuz he's still a kid so like
3: yeah.
1: how misguided is like the the scene at the end of the prom like no there's no there's no uh ambiguity there he's a piece of yeah. shit um the way he treats Andy but like the whole time that he's trying to like get baby's attention i was like he, this is creepy and he needs to back off, but also he's a kid and he doesn't know what he's doing. But like okay. the cheer coach, oh my God. I was okay. just like, I, hey, I want to fight her. I want to <laughs> fight that lady.
4: I have a question <laughs> about Jonah. So mm-hmm. was Jonah the type of person who was just gross and hitting on uh, Bebe? Or was he trying to mock her by being overly flirtatious? So
1: that that's what I thought at first. Um, like I felt like is he doing a bit because he's just mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm gonna go like flirt with the trans girl and like you know, like manipulate her. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he kept coming back that I was just like, oh does he really like her and he can't take the hit or is this like or is he playing some like weirder game? like I really couldn't tell. like couldn't place yeah, so-
2: because he would do it uh, both alone and in public. Oh, okay. I think right. it was just about him and her okay because it wasn't like he was doing it like crowd bullying the way like right. bullies do i want to show off to my friends and be a bully and it wasn't like he was doing it to hurt her he would have been meaner about it i think it was just creepy
0: yeah yeah i think he just like felt that she was needy in a way because of, of of what she was going through and was trying to take advantage of her in the situation. And, and there was
1: an wow. an arrogance to him that, like, yeah, like I'm almost as if he was doing her a favor by yeah. being yeah. interested.
0: Exactly. Okay. There was definitely an ego involved in this as well, and it's it definitely wasn't really for for her. It was for it was for himself.
4: I thought Bebe's parents were. Disgusting. Personally, yeah. I took great offense to how they treated her. Like a lot. Yeah, his
2: her 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 dad. He was he he kind of really got on my nerves
1: a lot.
3: Yeah. 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 Like, mom was- a little
2: bit less so, but dad
1: definitely. Uh, yes. Also, I feel like as as a narrative, I I think I need them to be that awful for that payoff yeah. at the concert because mm-hmm. it's so sweet at the concert and it's so sweet when uh, Annie picks her up for homecoming. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. I think you need them to be that awful, but yeah, like I was just like, like oh, like oh, just shuddering every time that they dealt with her. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, though, um, though Darcy had talked about this book um, multiple times before we we actually did the book, and I read this book in January when I was going through, kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do as, as the best of of, of last year. Um, I I since I was reading so much, I actually forgot what. You know, that this story was about, you know, had had a trans, a trans woman in it. And so when that, I I was very, I really enjoyed actually the, the kind of like the, the book dropping, like the, the shoe dropping in the beginning with the dad. With that, that, that kind of a side comment about her, how she's not on a, a team but she's on a squad, and he wanted her to be on a team. Yeah. Like, well, what's all this about? And then you see the article on on baby's uh, um, baby's wall, and you're like, oh okay, because he's not being a cool dad. <laughs>
4: Wait, okay, so I read that part, but yeah. that I that
0: flew over my head because because it's a, it's insinuating that that wanted her to be on a team. team.
1: A team a like a baseball team, team or the like football team. team,
3: yeah, exactly.
1: Like and a man,
0: a cheerleader is, is a girl's thing, and therefore it's not a team. It's a squad. And he, he, she, he wanted, you know, her, his kid to be on a team and not on a Fuck squad, her dad, bro. Yeah, exactly.
4: Like, I, I still don't like him, and like, not I even still don't. I'm not
0: even realizing how negative that that is, because obviously he doesn't want to hurt her his kid, but oh, does man, he not? That, that is <laughs>
4: that, that was rough.
0: Yeah, although, it was very rough.
4: Although. <laughs> at the concert at the Anole concert or whatever, when um, Annie is going to like, I also love the fact that Annie is like on constant, like protection levels of <laughs> baby. I just really thought that was really cute. Um, when she tells the dad to like, Hey, get away from her or whatever, or to like, you can't do that or whatever she says. And he like kind of yells in her face, like stay away from my daughter. And it just kind of came out so naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thought, it's very sweet. Yeah, <laughs> that was very sweet. Mm-hmm. But the dad, I still think is an asshole. I mm-hmm. still don't like him. Um, I don't know. There was just lots. There was too much, like too many faults with him. Yeah. For me to appreciate his redemption arc, so to speak. Like, exactly. I just didn't like him.
0: I was just really happy that she never got dead named, You know, and that. Um, yeah, I so- go ahead. Sorry. Sorry.
1: No, no, no. I was just going to say it was an interesting uh, thing uh, coming into this book for me because I look at the cover and though I had no, you know, I had no information about the book before reading it. So the writer, Crystal Frazier, I know just from Twitter. Like, it's interesting that like people's Twitter takes that I know that, that I'm all I'm experiencing their art after the fact. Oh. So like I so I look at the cover, I see Crystal Frazier and then I see a, a quote from and McGuire. So I was just like, oh, OK, this is most likely some sort of trans or non-binary uh, story. And um, I did feel that, like, they did do, a like, a very nice aesthetic choice that even though uh, Bebe's trans, she's not the most masculine-looking of the characters. Like, if you look at the cover, you're like, oh, this is a trans, you know, a book about a trans experience. I would assume that Annie is the trans cheerleader and not Bebe. So I do feel like they mess with your expectations a little bit, and it just kind of, like, yes, trans people, like, there's no... What's the word I'm looking for? There's no like, no strength oh, strength. this person's trans. Like, like it's you're not supposed to be able to spot them out because,
0: yeah,
1: this I, woman's a woman. And like, and yeah. then the scene, you, you know, the scene with the uh, opposing cheerleading coach kind of puts the exclamation point on it.
4: I literally didn't know that this was about a, a trans kid until it, I read it in the book. Okay, I, I had no idea. I thought this was literally, you know, like when you guys did. Um, sports books a few seasons mm-hmm. back i thought this mm-hmm. was another like sports book i had no idea. it, I is. it is technically <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, it is. No, no no but i mean like the, <laughs> the strictly a sports is, book. like baby right. you know journey but i had
0: i had no idea it could, and then also once again it's kind of a double faint because it could this whole story could have been just about annie trying to belong and yeah, like absolutely, being, and being accepted, and yet the, her story yeah. arc is important in this book, but it's also the story arc of yeah. Bibi.
4: But my point being yeah. is that like exactly, you know, the artwork didn't lead me to, like to think one way or the other. No, right, and and, that's, and
1: uh, uh, too, you know. I was gonna say, and uh we've talked about it a lot. Of people, a. Let's put Annie's mom, like, let's just say to her now. Like, she just seems, like, she seems so sweet and perfect and just, like, like, I'm like, oh, like, I love my mom. But I was like, also, Miss, can you be my mom? Yeah,
2: (laughs) she's got got fantastic tattoos. She's got a great job.
0: She's really the only character who gets everything right 100 of the time in this book yeah.
4: when annie brings baby yeah
0: home and, and and like at first and her and response doesn't perfect She doesn't recognize her at first and that's not because of her transitioning but it was because um of how sad baby was before she transitioned you know yeah before, um and so she's like oh i just didn't recognize you with a smile on your face yeah <laughs> you know, so just like i yeah. thought that was, was pretty perfect. cool you know
1: uh, it was um I, I it was funny. I think uh maybe a week or two ago, I on Twitter just saw one of the panels from the book before reading it where um they're talking and then I think it's the panel where Andy's like, you know, why like you you, you have so much to deal with due to this transition and basically Bebe's like you know, I'm happier with all this bullshit being trans and I was never happy trying to yeah. pretend to be a boy. And yeah. I was just like, like when I read it a couple weeks ago like I was just like, I'm not trans, but fuck. Like that yeah. has to hurt, like if you can't, if you read that and you can't feel that, then I'm like, oh, maybe you're not human. Maybe you're a monster. Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like in all circumstances, whatever you're going through, there's times, especially at adolescence, where you never feel comfortable in your own skin. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of like, I couldn't imagine just at all times not feeling comfortable in my own skin. No, absolutely.
2: Yeah, and I think there was kind of a lot of that in this because Annie's story isn't quite as central. I mean, she is a main character, but a lot of her story revolves around Bebe's story. Mm -hmm. but a lot Mm -hmm. of her story is also sort of coming out of her skin and uh, finding out how to be a person around other people. Um, And that takes something too, I think as, as an introverted person that's bitten people myself. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, that's, that's, She definitely learns how to be a nicer person, be a more sociable person. She doesn't stop being herself at all. She doesn't stop, like, become a less strong person or a different version of herself. Um, The way I think, you know, you see that done in other books before where you take a, a rough, gruff, you know, grumpy character and they become all socialized and soft and she doesn't become that when you see her go pick up baby for um for homecoming she doesn't she's still annie from uh the first panel she Mm -hmm. just
0: she totally does a Fonz lean out the door. <laughs> she does. Yeah. She does that lean. She's
2: still she's still a cocky asshole. She's just yeah. a cocky asshole with friends now. Yeah, yeah,
3: exactly.
4: Yeah,
1: right. Right. She gave perspective, but they didn't use that to be like, and now she's a fully new human being. It's like, no, yeah, like she's exactly. just add, added the things that she's learned to, to who she was. But the, this wasn't like, oh, now she's she's a magical princess and everything's different.
3: Yeah,
2: exactly. exactly. She's it's, she's she kind of gained some bravery Mm -hmm. i think it's like when she learned to flip she like closed her eyes and and flipped she counted and flipped she she gained that bravery of being able to go out and talk to people but she's still herself
1: what what did she say after the flip she was like oh my god that was the scariest thing i've ever done let's
0: try it again let's (laughs) try it again roller coaster kind of feel to it yeah um no I, i feel like that maybe um kind of rubbed off a, a lot of the good stuff of, of, of her onto Annie and vice versa. Like the things that, mm. that baby needed to learn from Annie, she definitely learned like to be more assertive and, and defend herself mm. and as well as as um ba- you know, baby's sweetness and being able to like internalize things and not punch someone or bite someone, <laughs> you know, like and, and and like and be able to deal with things more of a civil civil fac- fashion. I think that kind of rubbed off on Annie. So that was really cool. Mm -hmm. They make a
4: good couple. On a more like superficial level, I just loved all like the different type of person representation. I loved all the different sizes of the Mm. cheerleading squad. I Mm. loved the fact that they were like different ethnicities um, Mm. and that they were drawn with like their natural hair. Not everybody had. Because I think especially like maybe like in our generation, when we think of cheer teams or whatever, like fuck babies, dad, I'm going to say teams. So like, um, when you think of that, you think of like these really stylized young girls on this team who all kind of look the same, their hair is styled the same way. They have the same type of ribbons. Um, in my school and high school, all the girls had to have straight hair on the squad. So we had, oh, wow. like we had like black cheerleaders or like Latin cheerleaders, who had gorgeous natural hair and they were forced for chair comps to straighten that, that have you was also- watched
2: have you watched Cheer, the netflix chair no
4: no i ha- i don't watch a lot of tv why is it awful is it the same way
2: yeah it hasn't changed very okay. much
4: <laughs> but okay so with that being said i did like the fact that like um
2: yeah this is one, much better
4: yeah she had like <laughs> She had her puffs. You know, her hair was a natural curls. Katrina had her natural hair. Like they all had, they were all different looking. And I think that's just not to sound cliche but that's just so much more beautiful if mm-hmm. people look different than if they all have the same type of fucking hair. So.
1: Nope, I want hegemony. Everyone looks exactly the same. <laughs> yes. Like the same things. We're going to be boring
0: now. Like, <laughs> Here's your Stepford high school. Uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I the first time I read this, I had not seen the documentary. Mm-hmm. I, I got sick, um, stomach oh, sick no. a couple of weeks oh. ago and binged oh. cheer because the second season came out. And I was like, this is so stupid. I'm going to watch it. I don't know why. Um, and <laughs> apparently both of the two biggest teams in the country in their oh. division are like right up the road from me.
0: Oh, I don't. I, pa- I, I pass I them all the that. time. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. It's a big thing
2: in Texas, isn't it? it? It's so stupid. It's ridiculous. I cannot believe it, but they are. Um, and they've got like one set hairstyle with like the bump and like, it's a whole thing. And it's, it's ridiculous, but they're, you know, they're competition cheerleaders. So yeah. when I think back to my high school cheer team, um, you know, there were only so many girls. At our school in our town of 1,200 people. <laughs> so it was like most of them, you know, were skinny, blonde, white girls, but not all of them. You know, we had some bigger girls and some that weren't. And, and you know, not always. Depended on the year. Depended on who wanted to be. It was kind of, it was a thing. But we weren't in competition cheerleading. Uh, but boy, when it gets competitive, they all kind of get very, very look lookalike. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Absolutely. It's
2: kind of very creepy, but it the is. other school, the other school is, um, the, the major school, the one everybody knows about the one that's been on all the TV stuff. They're very look alike. The other school is run by like a black guy and has a lot more black cheerleaders. And I think they're a little bit less same samey. Mm-hmm. that was
1: I wonder uh I don't know I wonder how many of those young ladies have that same uh, story Carrie was telling us earlier that <laughs> they're gonna graduate high school running into <gasps> an old teacher oh, and so be like oh please no yeah Ugh,
2: I don't even want to know I don't even want to know but yeah it's one of those things like I I was never like I said in that whole growing up to be anything when I cannot imagine having been a cheerleader in high school it sounds like torture. Um, <laughs> I am from Texas, so obviously I went to football games in high school. It was the law, or something we had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I I went because all of my friends were in band.
3: Yes.
4: Um, yes. Did you
2: guys have you had flag? Do you have oh flag yeah? Core? I mm-hmm. was a band yeah.
4: nerd. We had uh, we had uh short flags. We had color guard and we had our marching band.
2: Yeah we we had the marching band and flag corps, And I guess flag corps was color guard or something. I don't know. Yes. I wasn't involved in all that, except for all of my friends were in band marching band and yes. the girls did flags. I knew. And I so you. I went to support them.
3: Yes.
2: Not uh-huh. the cheerleaders
3: <laughs> because
2: all my friends did that. So I was there in support of the band, not the football stuff, not the cheerleader. <laughs> I went to support yes. my band friends. Uh, So that's, that's what I did in high school and theater.
4: I was in the band. So I was in the bleachers playing like, you know, during the little like interludes and then we were marching. So then that was us.
2: Yeah, that's what I went for. And then I would go down and buy snacks and then come back up and sit next to the band. But yeah, that's, I, I can't imagine it, pretty much anything that happened in this in this book, but I love it. I love all of it. I think it's a fantastic book. I think the very idea of this book is great. Like just reading it the second time. I mean, I cried reading it the first time, but reading it the second time, it kind of really dawned on me that this is and kind of what happened this week also kind of really dawned on me that this is something that's really happening for kids now.
3: Mm -hmm. um
2: and i cannot imagine this for kids when we were kids like kids did not come out as gay much when we were kids yeah they did sometimes like a friend of mine did um not on purpose really but (laughs) it happened um so this is awesome you know, yeah, this is this is fantastic. Like just the idea of kids figuring themselves out when they're in high school. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, it it's life's rough when you're a teenager. Mm-hmm. If you can get a handle on this stuff before you're 30, fucking yeah, go for yeah, it. Do it.
1: Definitely. It's beautiful. Yes. Um. So I had gone to a private school for elementary and middle school. And then I went to a public high school. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first day of public high school, they were talking about, hey, you know, talking about clubs. And they're like, if anybody wants to join the GSA. And I was like, GSA, and it was the Gay Straight Alliance. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, that's a neat thing that they have here. Because, you know, I went to a little Catholic school, like even if there were gay kids at the school, no one was going to talk about <laughs> it. Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so there was the GSA and it was, I always found it interesting while I was in high school that like, even though like it was that open, I still knew a bunch of people that were closeted nonetheless, you know, we're talking about 20, 22 years ago, but like, even though like the school was, you know, doing its best to be inclusive, there was still people that like, I was friends with and I'm like, you know, once we were college days and they were out and I was just like, oh, I always assumed, but I was just, and I would always think, why did they come out? Like, you know, the school or the school for the time was as inclusive as I had seen anywhere else. And I was just like, damn, it must be really, you know, it's that deep where like, even in a place like that, even a place in Miami where, you know, like, that's kind of like, oh yeah, gay people that are from their small towns, they moved to Miami to be freer. And like, even still, like I had contemporaries that were, they still couldn't feel comfortable coming out. So like things like this are definitely great to have. And and also for all the griping, like, especially if you're like me, like you're a lefty and it's like, ah, the world, the world sucks. Everything's fucked. There is real progress there. Like, you know, incremental, Mm -hmm. you know, the world's still shit, but like there is progress with things and it's like stuff like this just like kind of warms my heart Mm -hmm. that like it exists. Cause I was like, yeah, when I was this age, no absolutely not like i wouldn't go into a comic book shop and find this book one if i did find it i personally wasn't buying and reading it as a 14 15 16 year old kid so it's just it's fun that that like these kids are going to be better than us
0: (laughs) that's that's very true i mean i I even asked like our our nephews and nieces like if like the you know the f word not the one that rhymes with duck that's fun to say um, not the one, one I say all the
4: time
1: the one that yeah. I used to say all the time because
0: yeah. we were bad yeah I mean that's used as a derogatory term you know in in school as it was used a lot but when we, we were kids kid. yeah and it's, it wasn't like you know five or ten years ago so the fact that yeah that's that's good progress because like you know, like the boys we'll have to work harder to figure out something to make fun of someone mm-hmm. on. So that's good.
1: But like, yeah, I listen to a bunch of rap music. And it's just like yeah. I, when I listened to old songs, I was like, wow, we really said that all the time, huh? Mm-hmm. That's,
0: <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: like, like, that's yeah. wild that we just because mm-hmm. I like I couldn't tell you the last time that words left my mouth. But I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I used to like throw out some Eminem. He says it all the Mm -hmm. time. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, and I love those songs. I'm just like, wow. And the thing is, is and and again, about progress, the thing is, is that Eminem was like, oh yeah, I don't say the N-word. Like, why would I do that? So it's just wild mm -hmm. how like, the cultures progressed that like back then 20 something years ago
3: Mm -hmm.
1: we knew that you couldn't say as a white guy you couldn't say the n-word cool but like it was just like we could be f f f f f -F -F f f f f yeah all the time and it's just like oh god we were gross
0: yeah and though I'm not a huge, I was actually not a fan of the that movie, The Interview. But the beginning, when when they inter, when in the beginning of the movie, when they interview Eminem, and Eminem comes out as gay, in the, the I thought that was kind of a cool like apology for, even though it was all done yeah. um, for humor, you know, mm-hmm. it was a pretty funny moment. I like the fact that like I, I you know because of how our culture
1: works that we kind of track famous people.
3: Yeah. He
1: seems to be pretty darn self aware and like far from a perfect human being but like he gets all like yeah man man that was pretty fucked up with me maybe i should Mm -hmm. lead into it to just you know because like it is what it is like he can't really Mm -hmm. go back and change you know he doesn't have a time machine but he seems to at least be self-aware enough to be like hey i was kind of a prick let's make fun of let's make fun of me about it
4: i i still really like eminem i also listen to his music but um i you know i i like this uh I like this book because I think you know we have family members who are part of like the LGBTQIA+ community, so it's uh it's important I think to have these kind of positive messages mm-hmm. like for children. You know, um, my goddaughter came out to us uh, a few years ago now yep. in 2019. We were the first people that she told that she was gay. And it was um, a very humbling experience and it was kind of like awkward in the sense that she did it while we were driving. So, and she planned it that way so that way, like she couldn't, like if we were going to have a quote unquote bad reaction, we were like, (laughs) like we were in the front and she was in the back of our car. So she didn't have to like see us, you know, like react to it or whatever. But like, I wish that maybe more of these, you know, like as, the world progresses and as society progresses, you know, like more of these types of books will be available because people like these voices and these stories, like I will, it's always said, and I agree with this, it's not up to anybody to like educate anyone else. Like you need to have the want to learn about it yourself and to educate yourself Mm -hmm. on matters. Um, So it's not that I think people should should write these books like to educate others but if someone can learn from their stories being shared or these types of stories being shared then I think it's beautiful I think we all need to read more stuff like this most definitely
1: and like I know a few weeks back when we covered mouse you know we were talking about mouse being bad but like these are the type of things that should be school reading like I don't need you Mm -hmm. to be uh uh LGBTQIA plus activists, but like you should be at least presented with other perspectives. Hey, this is how other people live. This is mm-hmm. how other people feel. This is what other people are going through. <laughs> like yeah, if that's absolutely. not what school is for, then what what's the point?
0: Mm-hmm. Education is the number one way to remove hate. It's it really is. And the more you know about someone, the less, you know, likely you're gonna hate someone.
1: Absolutely. One thing um, mm-hmm. I liked about this book, too, and uh, with Bebe, um, I think it was back when uh, Bendis was writing X-Men and they had Iceman come out and that, you know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of highs and lows and messed up things with that. But I think yeah. in the his last issue where Bobby finally comes out and, you know, it's telling everybody and they're like, you know, and he says something to the effect of like being a mutant and everything else I got going on in my life like this was just the reason why I stayed in the closet is cuz like this was at least one thing that made me feel normal like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And like I have so much shit on my plate that like I would take just this one little bit of normalcy and present, you know, present this way just to, you know, just to just to have that in society. And then like you see on the 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 opposite end with baby Bebe, baby's like, "No." trying to pretend to be normal was so awful Mm -hmm. that i'm going to take all this other shit just to live my truth and it's like it was like there's a symmetry to that for me that felt really good
3: (laughs)
2: Absolutely. and i think part of that's who's writing it
1: also true of course very true you know like bendis uh, but but again comes
2: out with good ideas but doesn't always execute them great
1: yeah no no, no, that's the story of bendis Bendis for the last 20 years (laughs)
2: exactly yeah like, starts good um, ideas, needs somebody else to execute them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Him and uh, uh uh JJ Abrams, it's like boy, they they're gonna write you one hell of a pitch. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but they're not gonna stick that landing.
0: No. Yeah, exactly. Um
1: but yeah, and I, I mean that's the point of having one different perspectives And also what I was saying about the book is that even the most well-intentioned people can do things yes. completely awfully. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: and and then that's where you know kind of i think the moral of the story is is to listen is what it really yes it's just like because because once again it's like not every gay kid not every straight kid not every you know trans kid are are the same you know it's like Mm -hmm. you have to listen to every single person and and you can't just make assumptions oh you're gay so therefore you like this 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 you know you Mm -hmm. have to you have to like listen to them (laughs) you know so yep I think that's a really good thing. So I, I'm going to ask a question that's going to put everyone um, in, you know, kind of, you know, like on the spot. So I'm going to ask it to everyone and whoever wants to answer first or whoever comes with the answer um, can go first. And then you don't even have to answer if you don't want to, but uh, what was your favorite scene from this book?
2: I have posted multiple times uh, <laughs> the panel where Annie does the, uh, uh, I'm great, everyone loves me. And Bebe says, uh, <laughs> no one likes you. That's why you're <laughs> hanging out with me. And Annie says, well, I love me. That's all that matters.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so
2: that's my favorite panel from this book.
4: That's awesome. awesome. I love that. One. Richard?
1: Oh. I didn't know I was next.
0: Actually, you don't have to go of, next. Like, any, anyone's next. Anyone's next.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: one scene that I did like, actually, because um, especially since we've given them uh, so much shit appropriately, is that when Annie goes to pick up uh, Bebe and they're leaving. And after uh, Andy's father had told her, like, you guys have to be back by midnight. And then he's like, all right, uh, you should be back by 11. He's he's like, you said midnight. He's like, that was a test. I was just like, (laughs) you know what? He's in full dad mode. Like, there's love there. Like, no matter, like I said, even with his poor, you know, poor execution, the good intentions are there. Yeah. So I thought no. that was really cute.
2: Yeah, that's that's cute. Super
0: cute. I, I did as well. And and actually that was what I was gonna say for mine. Oh, so I'll, come with, I'll come with I'll come with a different one. So go do the I coffee all, bit. I put you all on the spot. Oh yeah, the coffee was awesome when they when they um when when because Annie loves coffee and um the dad makes some coffee while, while they're waiting for, for Bebe. And she's like, this is great coffee. And he's like, I know. <laughs> like, so, yeah, that, was, that was pretty cool. You know, kind of mm-hmm. a, a cool way for them to bond, you know, and also for him to kind of be like, I'm cool with everything that's going on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But.
4: Uh. I don't think I have a mm-hmm. favorite scene How
0: about
4: like a moment maybe like oh the moment yeah because this is something my father and i do when annie apologizes with food that yes. was something that <laughs> felt very like very fam- like familiar to me because mm-hmm. if my dad and i get mad at each other we won't talk but it's mm-hmm. like hey you want a burrito
2: yep absolutely. <laughs> and then, like and then everything 100 mm-hmm. yes so
4: i did like the fact that she came with an apology Snacks, like that, was very cool. That was cool. Yeah,
2: but yeah. the whole yeah, thing that, was excellent. That was me and my dad when we were when I was younger. He started actually apologizing recently. Very weird.
4: Wow, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <See, laughs> yeah, that world when, is still a good a, place.
2: Yeah, I know. It's very odd. Though <laughs> 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 so, so he hasn't done anything, you know, like wrong or bad, anytime recently, but. I don't know. He said, I can't remember what happened a couple of months, years ago. Like he just said, you know, I'm sorry about that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Freak me the heck out. <laughs>
0: oh, um, two things really quick. One, um, annie does a typo on the um on a text message in the beginning when she says brawning instead of mourning and then someone who constantly could not type something correctly on the on the phone i, I kind of loved that that a lot that's and awesome as well as i think um the the part that i'm going to officially choose would be um when annie does the the, the first flip because that's kind of a, a transition into her character like where she's you know the think that's symbolic to like she's starting to come out of her shell and she's starting cool. to to kind of be accepting and being able to, to do things that she would not normally do.
2: Good choice.
0: Yeah, yeah. because it's easy to be angry you know it really is. It's really easy to angry. it's really, it's really easy to punch people. That's why a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of kids do it you know like a lot of guy boy kids you know like why they get into fist fights and stuff because it's a lot easier to do that than to actually deal with your feelings. So, but you, it's you pretty have easy to, uh, to bite
1: somebody i was yeah. gonna say you, it's a next level to bite someone
0: though <laughs> yeah, definitely i don't
2: so, know it's pretty easy to do <laughs>
0: it is it is pretty easy um all right well um i think that's it if you guys have anything else you guys want to add before we move on
2: art's good coloring's adorable mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm
2: very soft very gorgeous great colors great color choices everything looks really great together like uh, all the like all the environments they're in the colors look really good together it's very well designed um i I, the colors are great i don't know who did coloring but the coloring was great
0: the colors were done by by the artists directly which actually Thank you, because we didn't mention who does the lettering in this. Let me pull that back up here real quick. Uh, lettering do is done have? by Oscar O Jupiter.
2: Well, there is a lot of text messaging back and forth that's yes. really easy to read, which mm-hmm. that is not always the case when somebody's yeah. going to like randomly insert text messaging and emojis. Um, and there's a yeah, lot of like... text messaging and emojis in between uh, Annie and Bebe, and that was really easy to read, very easy to understand between mom and baby annie and baby and it was always clear who was who mm-hmm. uh the little jokes and emoticons and all that was easy to understand never confused about who that was uh mad props to the letterer on this
3: definitely
1: and just uh, i think uh <laughs> we were talking about it earlier but uh just i love the fact that there's so many different just character designs like Mm. Tall, short, small, skinny—like you know, (laughs) people are husky, people are slim, people are conventionally attractive. You know, like I just—I don't feel like often, like with such a big ensemble cast that you you get such a variety of design of characters. So it's really nice Mm -hmm. that
2: even the background characters that have nothing to do with
1: anything Mm -hmm. look very yeah. No, yeah, no one, no one's very samey at all. Everyone has a different look to them. No, absolutely. I am
4: now officially self-described as a husky gal. Because I think husky is like my new favorite word. Because I also think of a tiny <laughs> fat boy.
0: <laughs> I think I think of a of a sled dog. I was oh, gonna say, how did you I, not go with sled dog immediately? Because <laughs>
4: I've always been bigger, so I remember the husky sizes for boys at Sears when I was growing up.
0: <laughs> I worked at Home Depot, so the, those were the tools. Oh, <laughs> the husky. Oh, yeah. There was tools. A- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well. <laughs> with all that um i will go ahead uh, i think we're about ready to call it an evening um all right so <laughs> we have reached the end of the show and thank you to everyone listening to our show uh emails any questions or comments at uh, comics are better at gmail.com instagram twitter good pods at cdb pod website is conversationsarebetter.wordpress.com, where you can request a subject for a future show and Darcy, where can we find you on the internet?
2: I am at books underscore serial on Twitter and booksandserial.wordpress.com. And I am doing nothing at the moment because so I've got some new stuff at work and because the world is burning and I don't care about anything else except for paying attention to the world right now. So
0: nice. Yeah. No, totally agree. And, and Richard, where can we, can we find you? Um, the world, yeah,
1: burning. So you know, I'll probably be tweeting and retweeting to takes on that. Uh, but I'm at Topcat360. I'm basically all social media. Uh, come find me if you want to be. You want to read something poignant but depressing? There you
0: go. Oh mm-hmm. boy. And so I'm I'm <laughs> 2814 on um, Twitter and Brygen underscore CB on Instagram. But and then for Carrie,
4: so um, I'm trying to do different nonprofits because I don't share my um social media stuff uh publicly. So um to highlight kind of what's going on um in the Ukraine, one of the nonprofits that I wanted to share today, uh you'll see it tagged on Instagram by like celebrities and stuff. It's just, it's an important one, I think, but I think they're all important. So um it's called Voices of Children. It's a charitable foundation that focuses on addressing the psychological effects of armed conflict on children, created in response to the conflict in Ukraine starting in uh, 2015. So they provide art therapy, mobile psychologists, and individualized mm. support to traumatized children. If you've been watching any of the videos on your in, on your social media feeds, you've known that um, in the Ukraine, all men ages like 17, 18 to 60 have been, um, deemed necessary to fight. So they're forced to stay in the regions and um, the wives and the children and the partners, um, they're all going away. So there's a lot of, there's probably millions of stories that we're not hearing about, but there have been some key highlighted ones. Um, You know, thank God for cell phones and people are able to like record these, you know, bits of like humanitarian instances that happen. Um strangers are literally taking children in their cars to the border to become refugees in another country. So there's lots and lots of children that are going to be uh, like obviously like horribly affected by this. So um you can go ahead and we're going to link the um the the nonprofit in our show notes. You'll be able to either do a um a bank transfer, a credit debit card or Apple Pay. Um, via their website also to um if you're interested gofundme has actually has created um a a ukrainian non-prof donation hub
1: it's harsh out here people stay safe stay strong lean on your your friends your family anything you need to lean on when you have to because it is rough out here at all times Mm -hmm. not only when there's an actual war going on
0: be kind Yeah. yeah and nice. and 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 also l- learn the lesson from, from our comic today and uh listen you know mm. and and try to do and try to be the best for yourself and, and for everyone else around you So
4: And no biting, unless it's between consenting people. Yeah, if it's consenting. Oh, no. Yes. I've had some
0: fun (laughs) bites in my past. Make sure sure there is a uh, a safety word before you... uh, A
2: safety word? I was going to say,
0: Brian. (laughs) Safe Safe words.
1: Live a little bit, sir. (laughs)
0: Safety word. But
4: if... (laughs) If you're biting somebody, oh, the person bite, the bite tea. The bite tea, yes. Yeah, safe yeah you'll have a okay. mouthful of
0: flesh. You can't say the safe word. You're too busy biting.
4: <laughs> I know.
3: Okay. So. All right.
2: You could save Morse code.
0: Yeah, that's true. Oh, God.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Well, I,
4: I'm, I'm actually trying to figure that out in my head.
0: <laughs> I won't say in, the Morse, closing, code. in Morse code, but. <laughs>
1: right take us home we're off the rails
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> all right i guess
0: this is my job <laughs> to, to yeah. get you guys all all done here um so for darcy richard carrie i'm brian and this has been the comics deserve better podcast and remember the comics deserve better and everyone deserves comics good night goodbye good day good morning
3: bye-bye stay safe Bye. 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 Bye.